0: is The Talking Dead,
1: a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead.
0: Hi, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 470 for Wednesday, February the 12th, 2020. Uh, it's weird. I don't know why that's weird. 470. Um, we're getting close to 500, but I was thinking about it earlier today, Jason, and we won't hit 500 during season 10. Okay. Because we have 16 more podcasts to do until the end of season 10. Uh So we probably won't even hit 500 over the off season unless we record quite a bit, which is possible.
1: Well, why don't we just record every few hours? And put out a podcast.
0: (laughs) So then we'll hit like 600, 700, 800 before season 11 starts.
1: (laughs) I mean, sure. podcasts. There's podcasts out there that do weekly. There's podcasts out there that do monthly. There's podcasts out there that do bi-weekly, like we do when the the show is running. There might even, there's even podcasts out there that do daily, like the morning stream is what, four days a week? Something like
0: that. But the uh, New York Times does the daily every five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nobody
1: podcasts every couple of hours.
0: Uh, No, you're right. Nobody does that. We could, we could like pioneer that idea.
1: Yeah. Welcome to the hourly podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What could possibly go wrong with that? Yeah. Well, I was thinking too, though, if we got our ducks in a row and we recorded up to 499 right before season 11 started, we could celebrate the first episode of season 11 with 500.
1: Okay. So we have to time it.
0: We could time it a little bit, yeah.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: I'm going to have to, I feel really bad now, but I'm going to have to go out and get some ducks. <laughs> you, you are going to have to get some. If you want yeah. to get your ducks in a row, the first thing is
1: you need some ducks. Yeah. Well, there's, there's ducks on the, on the little creek that's near our house. So Oh, good. I'll get some ducks. It's almost springtime. Sure. Well, yeah. By the time by the, time the uh, 500 rolls around, I'll, I'll get
0: some ducks. Amazing. Amazing. First, first get a dog. That might help.
1: Uh, no. No? I can't get a dog. No. Because of Rosie. She's super old. It's bad enough that us humans are around uh, at this point. I just thought the dog
0: might help in rounding up the ducks, but I'll, let, I'll leave you to it. You seem well, to know what you Well, those dogs doing.
1: need training though, right? you don't just get a dog and it chases ducks down, right? And first of all, you have to train those dogs mm-hmm. and the ducks are usually dead oh. when they fetch them.
0: I mean, I didn't say anything about get your live ducks in a row. That's true. So, you didn't even say real ducks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would not I would expect nothing less from you. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, everyone, uh, thank you for tuning into the program. What we're going to do today is one thing and one thing only, and that is answer your questions. If you recall, the last time we podcasted at the end, I said, we're going to do another Ask Us Anything episode. So you have to submit questions. Lots of people did. I took lots from... Our Facebook page where I solicited questions. And we're going to go through most of them here today and answer them to the best of our abilities. Okay. Which may or may not be very good. <laughs> <laughs> I have answers for some, mm-hmm. but not others. Well, I mean, you'll have to come up with something unless it's. Strictly, well, of course, of course. Of course I've never done that or whatever. I've never, uh, yeah, a few of them I've pre planned what I'm going to say. In other
1: words, I haven't.
0: All right. Well, I don't have a bumper for Ask Us Anything, so we're just going to start. Sure. Dive right in. All right. Our first question comes from Kevin M. And Kevin says, do you think that Negan's character redemption arc should end with him giving his life to save Judith as she fails to save him? So I want to say, for, first of all, before we start here, most of these aren't related directly to The Walking Dead, but we're going to start with a few that are. Okay, uh, but they, and, and the answer to this is yes. The answer is yes, that Negan's redemption arc should end with him giving his life to save
1: Judith. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is simple. <laughs> that's a, actually, that's a, you know, Negan needs, if he's going to redeem himself at all, he has to die. True, right? you yeah. Can't, you can't redeem yourself and then live on. I think I would agree with that. Because then you have a chance to turn bad again, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, his redemption arc has to, uh, has to end. And I'm uh, pretty sure it's going to mean he's going to die.
0: Yeah, I, I do think Negan is going to die, um, whether it's saving Judith somehow or, or giving up his life to save Judith. Um, you know, who knows? I think that would be a pretty satisfying way for him to go out, especially considering what we know about him and his um, perfectly normal relationship with children, Uh, and and by that I'm, I'm actually being serious like he genuinely seemed at times to care for Carl right and Carl's dead so Judith is the next best thing and if he is going to as he already has kind of formed a bond with her some sort of relationship then he could go out saving her life and that would be it would be quite something and I think it would upset some people too because there are probably people out there that don't ever want to see Negan redeemed in any sort of way. Really? Probably. Like there's probably, there are Negan haters out there that have never gotten over Glenn and Abraham and all the other terrible things he's done. So let him rot and die a villain.
1: Okay. I just, I find it flabbergasting that people don't have the same opinion as I do in everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you haven't fault them for it, I just, I'm always shocked by it. If you haven't figured out
0: that people have different opinions by now. I don't think you ever will.
1: <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand why. Why Why would they have a different opinion? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I
0: guess the only other thing I'd say about Negan in the show is that I wouldn't be surprised if his TV show storyline ends up being very different from his comic book storyline, which I know you don't really know about. And I'm not going to mention here because I guess it's a big comic spoiler to talk about. Well, the fact that you say that he has a storyline is a spoiler no he's in he's in the comic i know right just kidding so yeah so all i'm saying is i i think it'll play out differently in my opinion than what happens to him in the comic so there you go uh next is raymond s wants to know uh what was your favorite walking dead episode and what kind of cheese is your favorite (laughs) well (laughs) very uh very different questions
1: Uh, They are. So uh, for me, my favorite Walking Dead episode was the mid-season finale of season two. Okay. When uh, Sophia came out of the barn. Yeah. Good call. As my my favorite kind of cheese is, uh, I've always been partial to noble suffering. Oh. Uh, So when you're in a story where, uh, you know, a couple can't get together because of honor Mm -hmm. and uh, for whatever reason, you know, it's called noble suffering. And uh, that's always been my favorite kind of cheese, cheesy moment. It always kind of <laughs> makes a, a tear to my eye. Okay. Noble suffering. That yeah. could actually be a,
0: a cheese, a brand of cheese.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, was it literal? <laughs> Am I supposed to like say cheddar or something? Well, that would be a boring answer.
0: Your, I like yours better. <laughs> it's cheddar. Okay. That's pretty <laughs> You're boring. more of a cheese guy though, right? Oh, my answer to the cheese question is like all of them. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> Even
1: that, What is that? Blue moldy gross stuff. Oh yeah. It blue,
0: blue cheese is delicious. No, um, no, no it's Brie not. cheese is delicious. They're all good. I, I've never.
1: It's like eating vomit. No. Why mm, would you,
0: why would you eat vomit? Not even close. Not even like close. Like old vomit, like old moldy vomit. No, it's, it's much, much better than that. Uh, I, I've never had a cheese that I really actively disliked. I mean, there's some mm. I prefer over others, but, uh, cheese is one of my favorite foods. There's one I've been buying recently, and I hate to say it right now but I can't remember the name of it except that it is infused with horseradish and it's a really good horseradish cheddar, really nice. So, yeah. All kinds of uh, all kinds of cheese I love.
1: I don't understand. I don't understand your opinion and I'm surprised you have it.
0: Yeah. So, so apparently. Uh as far as my favorite Walking Dead episode goes, I've always said that I to this day think the pilot is a fantastic episode of the show. I think they just nailed the pilot perfectly. Um, but as I was thinking back and scrolling through my library of walking dead, I came across too far gone as well, which is the one where the governor attacks the prison and chops Herschel's head off. Oh yeah. Pretty solid episode in my opinion. And then the grove, which was a Carol episode. That was the look at the flowers episode.
1: Yeah. 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 That was a pretty good one.
0: So too. pretty good. Like I, I just fast forwarded through that episode to the scene where um carol is pointing the gun at uh lizzie was that her name lizzie and mika uh and like having not watched that in maybe years it still felt really intense and gives you chills when you when you're sitting there watching it
1: it's weird uh all of our favorite episodes have to do with uh scenes that are really hard on little girls <laughs> hope that doesn't say anything weird about us. Well, well we're talking about Negan being, and Judith, right? Having an inappropriate, uh, relationship with Negan or specifically Negan not having an inappropriate relationship with Judith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I mentioned an episode where, uh, a little girl is dead. You mentioned the pilot episode where the first thing Rick has to do is shoot this little girl with a teddy bear. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, the Grove where, uh, uh, where, uh, Carol has to kill, uh, that little girl. So yeah. what does that say? But, well, this show in general is is pretty rough on little girls. We've known that for a very long time. Yeah, that's true. But then, uh, but then the governor cuts off an old man's head. Right. And that's pretty cool. But it's funny you mentioned all that
0: because earlier in that episode, um, is it Tara's family? They're the, a, a girl- is killed too and her mother carries her into that battlefield basically when the governor's with his tank standing outside the prison so even in that episode there is a tragedy involving a young girl the show's rough it's rough man it really is (laughs) okay those are the best episodes (laughs) and those are the best that's right all right aaron g says if you had to hunker down in any location to survive the zombie apocalypse where would you go both a type of place, example mall or woods, et cetera, and a location in the world. Cold versus warm climate, et cetera, are of interest.
1: All right, you go first this time.
0: Well, you know, this one, I, I don't know. This one is hard for me because you think cold because zombies freeze and then they can't walk around and then you can just knock them over and, and kill them. But then it's harder to live in extreme cold climates because you can't grow food the same way and it's really cold so you need to have shelter uh and warm shelter at that so there are ups and downs to both of those things warm obviously you aren't going to freeze to death but there are potentially lots more mobile zombies around to get you so i don't know i don't know i would probably go for somewhere that's warm in the summer cold in the winter (laughs) like where I live
1: right now. (laughs) Well, speaking of where I live right now, uh, the place I was thinking about this, the place I would go is the Home Depot that's the closest to me right now, Mm -hmm. which is about a kilometer away from my house. And I'll tell you why uh there's a number of reasons that makes it really, really good. Pickering is not very a uh it's not really a walkable city mm-hmm. you know people are on the streets walking around, but it's not some place you wander around and and especially in large large crowds. Everybody drives everywhere so this home depot is there's no residential uh, places close by there's definitely no apartment buildings uh there's uh houses are a little bit farther away so it's not some place where you'd have a whole bunch of people just milling about in uh in the zombie apocalypse so low number of people is what i'm thinking and it's a home depot in the same parking lot as a grocery store and a michaels and a shopper's drug mart and uh a bed store mm. and uh there's there's all kinds of uh and a there's all kinds of places to get stuff around that area with low population and, uh, you know, a Home Depot, I mean, geez, the amount of wood in there to burn for firewood is, is staggering or to build a barricade of some kind. Uh, so I think that, uh, I would move into the local Home Depot. That's, that's
0: pretty good. Um, you know, Home Depot is, is a good place to, to go because of all the tools too, that can be used as weapons oh, yeah. or the building supplies, supplies. shovels, rakes. Yeah building supplies to like border up, board up doors and windows and things like that. Um, That's a pretty good call. And, and you're right about the population. If there isn't residential around, the only people that are going to be there is, are the people that were there at the time. And chances are they're all going to flee. Like they're not going to all be stuck in the Home Depot and turn into zombies, right?
1: As long as not everybody has the same idea as me, like, shit, I need some wood now that the zombie apocalypse is happening. Or I, you know what? I really need a hatchet. So. The only thing about it is you are sort of at risk
0: of looters coming by. Like after it's all gone down and people need supplies, they might go on runs to a Home Depot and you're going to have to defend that or, make friends with them somehow.
1: Yeah. Well, I've got some wood to, you know, build some barricades and yeah, and stuff. So hopefully I got some time. I and, like that. Uh, and, you know, the zombie apocalypse that I want to live in is one where I don't have to walk very far. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. And uh, two, uh, I really, really want a lot of people to die, but not me or my friends and family. Mm, good. So I'm assuming that I survived the zombie ap- apocalypse and that my family is, uh, survives the zombie apocalypse and that I'm able to get you on the horn and invite you and your family uh, over to my local Home Depot because it's right on the highway. So it wouldn't be hard to get to. I could get there. I, I yeah. would hope I could get there anyways, it's early on. So we could all hunker down. Cool. Uh, the only thing that uh, they don't have around there is a, uh, a, a firearm store. Like there's no place to get firearms. It's anywhere near there. I mean, those are hard to come by in this country to begin with. So I can, I can like, there's a place out in, uh, there's a, a a sale, uh, store and they sell firearms hunting stuff, uh, out, out a bit of ways, but that's pretty far. Yeah.
0: Pretty far. All right. Well, I, I like that idea. I'm much more screwed than you because I live in a much more densely populated area, which is all residential. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, and even the Home Depot near me or other big building supply stores are adjacent to apartment buildings or residential. So really a lot of
1: people around. So I'm, yeah. I'm coming to where you live when the zombie All right, apocalypse so let's heads. make a plan. I don't even have to get you on the horn now. No. So if the zombie apocalypse happens, just head to the Home Depot near my house, and I'll see you there. Perfect, perfect. I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll, have, the ca- I'll have the car gassed up and ready to go.
0: Excellent. All right, next up, Lisa K wants to know... What would each of you choose as a weapon in the zombie apocalypse and why? I think we've been asked this one before, but, uh, Jason, have, do you have a new answer or the same one as before?
1: I don't know what the, the answer I had before was, uh, but this time it's two hatchets. Two hatchets,
0: like yeah. hatchets, one in each hand? Yes, yeah, right. Okay. That's pretty good. Um,
1: long board, taking weight. wait. Oh. Yeah. Just, and you know. To be balanced. To be balanced. Well, and that, and I don't want to carry anything too heavy because, I mean, you can... It's mm. like chopping wood, right? You you chop wood with a hatchet, you can chop for a while. But if you chop wood with, uh, you know, a, a seventy-five pound uh, axe, not that they make those, but <laughs> if they did, that'd be hard. It'd be I mean, hard. Sure, it would chop a lot of wood really quickly, but you'd have to have a lot of strength to carry that fucking thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. So lighter weapon, but still pretty devastating when impacting a human head. That's right. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good answer. I like, I like two hatchets. Um, anything for me, you know, anything long and pointy. I, I do like the idea of Morgan's staff, although I don't think it would be as effective in real life as it is for (laughs) him. (laughs) Well, it's magic. It's magic. Yeah. You touch something with it and it has a hole in it. Like a magic staff. That'd be great. Uh, but a really, really pointy hardwood staff. I think would actually be pretty effective um because you can stab from a bit of a distance. Uh but other than that, you know, lightsaber would be pretty good if I could manage not to cut my own legs off,
1: which Well that's the problem with the lightsaber yeah. is you really need some specialized training in order to not die because yeah. yeah, it's it doesn't have the weight of a sword, right? Even even a sword would be kind of problematic for me, I was assume. Yeah. But uh something where you're not expecting the uh the business end to be completely weightless Mm -hmm. I never really thought about it like that but you're right it's you're it's just a handle with
0: light coming out of the end so it would weigh nothing except for the handle exactly or the hilt so interesting anyways long pointy and um it just helps you helps me stay away from the zombies a little bit although you do have to have a secondary close-up weapon on hand as well right so a hatchet on your belt is probably a good call
1: too or a minigun. I could go with a minigun. <laughs> minigun. Six rotating barrels of, uh, you know, electric death. There you go. I like it. <laughs> mount All it. right. Not, not carried. I wouldn't carry a minigun, but I'd mount it somewhere. Somehow. on, like your- on a helicopter. <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, at Apache, at Apache helicopter. Now we're talking. That's That'd true. be
0: my weapon of choice. A helicopter. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's not only a weapon of choice, but it's your escape vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. Good. All right. Thank you, Lisa, for that. Rennie in Vancouver, U.S., not Canada. the little Vancouver across the border. Uh, What's your favorite entry in the zombie genre outside The Walking Dead, including movies, books, TV shows, comics, video games, or anything else that could reasonably qualify as an artistic production? Mine is a tie between The Girl with All the Gifts, book, not movie, and World War Z, book, not movie. So do you have a favorite non-Walking Dead zombie franchise and or property, Jason?
1: Damn it. I didn't read this question all the way through. My answer is World War Z. Okay. Max, that's fine. Max Brooks. I loved it. It was my first book uh, that I ever got on Audible. Oh, wow. That's a long time ago. It is a long time ago and it was fantastic. I really, really liked it.
0: Yeah. that I read the actual paper copy of that book, uh, but thought it was great. And I didn't totally hate the movie, but the movie is not really the book. The movie is almost a whole different thing with yeah. the same
1: name. Right. And the third act in the movie really took a a, a left turn. It did. It somewhere it's, else. But you know, understandably because of production issues. Sure. It it felt like a completely different movie at that point, right?
0: Yeah. Um I also enjoy Girl with all the gifts, gifts, but I wrote down a list here of things that are mostly zombie related that I really like First of all, Shaun of the Dead. I'm a huge fan of that uh, because well, yeah, of course. it manages to parody the genre and be an entry in the genre all at the same time, which is yep. what is so brilliant about that series of movies uh, from those guys. I also like 28 Weeks Later. Yes, I'm one of the weirdos that thinks 28 Weeks Later is better than 20, 28 Days Later. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, something about that sequel really got to me. Does Evil Dead count? because technically those are deadites they're not zombies.
1: Well, I mean it depends, right? When if you take the undead and have them all be zombies then fine. Okay, so
0: I'm going to say Evil Dead basically as a franchise because I do love Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, uh Ash versus Evil Dead the TV show. I, I enjoy it all. So,
1: yeah, you if you do that though, you have to take mummy movies and bring them in as well, right? Well, if they're they're undead. Okay, I may technically- You don't have to like them, but yeah, yeah. They, they're, in, they're in that genre with you
0: now. May technically have to do that, but I'm not going to choose any of them. Yeah, of course. That's fine. That's next, you're right. Next on my list is Dead Snow. Do you remember Dead Snow? I do. Nazi yeah. zombies in like uh-huh. Norway or something like that, or somewhere frozen. I, I saw that movie at home and thought, meh, you know, not so great. And then I watched it in a theater, maybe with you and a packed theater at that. And the crowd was having such a good time, I couldn't help but love it.
1: And There's I, really something to be said about watching a movie in, at a theater with a crowd that's into it. Yeah. Regardless of what the genre is, it's just, it makes things so much more enjoyable. It does.
0: And Dead Snow was one of those that I really liked when I was yeah. in that crowded theater.
1: I've seen that movie once and I'm pretty sure I saw it with you in the theater. That was that, uh, what was that film festival called? That was the
0: Toronto After Dark Film Festival That's a number it. of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next is Wreck. And that was a movie that old friend of the show, Dave, introduced us to, I think, where Wreck is in short for record. And it was oh, yeah. like a zombie slash monster in an apartment building kind of deal. The original all, Spanish one, right? The original Spanish one. Yeah. Was there a
1: remake? Yeah, I remember there was uh that one where the the final shot of the movie the twist was the fucking poster was the poster yeah. But that that was, was a remake of Wreck. Was it? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I I'm talking with about the, the original uh, Spanish. with the what's her name uh from True Blood. Not True Blood. Dexter. Man, the other one. Wasn't it? Dexter. Wasn't she from Dexter? Yeah. yeah, Dexter, that's what I meant. I blood. Right. It's just, you know, Dexter was a blood spatter expert.
0: That's true. But I, now I remember the movie you're talking about. That's right. I didn't like that one. The original Spanish Wreck was pretty good. They made a bunch of sequels to Wreck as well, which I haven't seen, but who knows? Maybe they're good. Uh, next on my list is Pontypool, which is kind of a Canadian movie, I think. And it's an it's an interesting take on the zombie apocalypse where the entire movie takes place inside a radio station while a radio DJ is broadcasting the apocalypse, essentially, And it's a very different viewpoint on what is going on out in the world. And in fact, the zombie infestation, there's a unique twist to that too. So I recommend Pontypool. I like that one.
1: I've never even heard of that.
0: It's good. It's got Stephen McHattie as the uh, um, radio DJ. And you look him up, you'll know who he is. And then one I saw in the last couple of years, a British zombie Christmas musical called Anna and the Apocalypse, I thought was a pretty fun movie. Don't remember if I made you watch that or not, but... Sounds familiar. Yeah, we may have talked about it. That one is entertaining, I thought, as well. In terms of TV shows, I really, really liked the original French version of The Returned, and that was remade in America, and there was books and a movie that all had similar names I'm not sure if they're all related but the returned the French TV show thought it was fantastic and then I did write down two video games too I'm, I'm you know still a big fan of Dead Rising which goes back a little bit zombie mall zombie mall that's right and then Half-Life 2 I mean are those mon- are those zombies or aliens or just general monsters I don't remember
1: uh they're aliens are they? they? Okay. I,
0: I had a sure. I had a feeling they were aliens too, but um so I guess that doesn't count for zombies, but
1: still a good game. Yeah. Holy old dog shit. You put a lot more thought into this answer than I did. Well my answer was I man, I didn't even read the whole question. <laughs> World War Z, which was part of the question. <laughs> well,
0: that's that is what it is. I, I started thinking about it earlier today and writing down notes, and that's what I came up with. Nice. Okay, let's do a call now. This one comes from Jonathan.
1: Hi guys, loving this show as ever. Uh, My single most jaw-dropping moment in The Walking Dead was when Carol's daughter Sophia walked out of the barn as a zombie. That was the most shocking for me. What was your most jaw-dropping moment? Thanks a lot, Jonathan.
0: Thank you very much Jonathan. So you've already mentioned this
1: moment as your Yeah, favorite this episode. was my answer for this question too. I didn't know he was going to mention it in the call cuz I hadn't l- heard the call before. So uh-huh. so far a lot of my answers are part of the questions.
0: Yeah, that's fine. And it is a uh incredible moment in the 9 10 seasons of this show so far. And on any given day it could probably be my most jaw-dropping as well. But Just because it was there, I started thinking about others, and I think when Rick bites out that claimer's throat, pretty intense. Yeah. And in jaw dropping, or involving a jaw, at least. (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, Glenn. Like, Glenn getting his head bashed in, that's pretty shocking and upsetting for (laughs) apparently millions of people who stopped watching the show at that point.
1: Yeah, I still rem- remember uh, watching that moment while uh, holding my sleeping newborn son.
0: Ah, oh, nice. I love
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I had headphones on, so he didn't hear anything. Sure, yeah. Either way, he would, wouldn't have had any effect on him. <laughs> it was like three weeks old or something. Maybe maybe a month old. Because that came out in October, right? He was born in August, so maybe a month and a half, six weeks old.
0: Uh, well, no, it wouldn't have been October because it was the mid-season finale. So it would have been December, but he will be Oh, really? Okay, so he's a few months. Oh, he's still. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Still very disturbing.
0: You know, and when I think about it too, Sophia coming out of the barn is the culmination of a long storyline. And it's a really good, like, story moment, right? It has impact on the characters and it has impact on what they've been doing leading up to that moment. And the fact that they were searching for her just tells us about, what these people are. Right. Um, Rick biting out the guy's throat and Negan bashing Glenn's head in are much more just gory, hyper violent moments, right. That are less story and more shock value. So I, I get different things out of those, those two
1: different types of scenes. Right. Yeah. I thought of one more while you were talking. Okay. Not that I was not listening. It's just, you know, a moment popped into my head. Do you remember, uh, what was his name? Um, Blue Temple played Axel or yeah. Jasper? No, he played Axel. Axel. I called him Jasper. You did. Right. So when he was playing Jasper and he died and then Carol used him as a barrier uh, for incoming fire. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. I mean, that's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent moment.
0: If uh, if he's dead anyways and you need a barricade,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: human body's going to do a pretty good job. Well, the whole point of bullets is, uh, well, the whole point of assault rifles or, you know, uh, those kinds of weapons are to shoot people, animals, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They're not meant to like go through animals. They're meant to stop inside animals. So if somebody's dead already, might as well use them as, as a barrier for those types of bullets. A shield, as it were. A shield. Yeah. A human shield. If, uh, you know, if it's a 50 cal or, or a minigun or something like that. Uh, they're meant to be fired at equipment. Right. They're not meant to be fired at people. So they go through people like crazy, but uh, they'll go through engine blocks and, you know, concrete walls and steel walls and pretty much anything. Sure. But, uh, they don't, they're not designed to shoot animals. So they they'll work against animals, but they'll go right through them. Mm. So that's not so, not so much for those.
0: Poor Axel.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) We have this, you and I have this amazing picture with, uh, Lou Temple that we got. At the New York uh Comic Con. New York Comic Con? Okay, yeah. That's a it's a great picture. Uh he looks he's a he's a fun guy and it's he just, he's the
1: party machine. He's oh. the party. Whatever room he walks into, that room's a party. And that room is partying around Lou Temple. Immediately it's a party. That's right. All
0: right. Uh that is awesome. Next here is a call from a friend of the show, Designer Will.
3: I hope uh
1: Designer Will has an answer for me.
3: Hey Chris and Jason, Designer Will here. I was super excited to hear you guys are willing to try another AMA, so thank you for that. Now, since I began watching The Walking Dead and listening to your podcast, I've had multiple career changes, moved across the country twice, and become engaged. While a lot has changed, The Walking Dead and your podcast, however, has been a reliable and enjoyable constant in my life. It's like coffee. No matter how good or bad the day is, a cup of coffee will always make it even better, so thank you. So I have two questions, depending on how many calls or emails you guys get. First, I wanted to ask, what memories of The Walking Dead main show are you most fond of? This could be particular times in the story or an experience or event related to The Walking Dead that was really exciting or memorable. Second, after listening to a wide range of zombie apocalypse-related books, I've been introduced to a lot of inventive scenarios, communities, and antagonists. While The Walking Dead has been well-written and produced lately, I still wish they'd take even bigger risks with new scenarios. If you were a writer on the show, what kind of communities or scenarios would you have our characters encounter to bring something fresh or exciting to the show? Looking forward to hearing you guys discuss these. Thanks for all your work you put into this, and I'm super looking forward to getting back into the regular program. Cheers.
0: All right. Thanks, Designer Will. So the first one, uh, you know, most fond memory of the walking dead main show, we've talked a little bit about that, but I can't help, but also think about all of the, uh, just the, the stuff that this show and this podcast has opened up for me. You know, I've met most of the cast. We talked about Lou Temple a minute ago. Since then I've met lots of the other ones, hung out with them. Um, Hey, I don't, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not friends with anybody, but have experienced some good times with everybody, which has been super fun. And, you know, just, uh, interacting with all of our listeners and stuff like that is always super fun as well. Meeting people that listen at conventions all over the world. You know, I've met listeners in London, England, in Atlanta, in Chicago, in New York, um, even out in California. So it's, those are the kind of things that I think of when it's like, what are my most fondest memories of The Walking Dead that are outside of the show, right? That aren't something that happened in the show itself. But I mean, do you have anything along those lines?
1: Well, yeah, I you know I haven't gotten out uh, and met the public like uh, like you have. I do really enjoy interacting with, uh, with the listeners and uh, listener feedback is probably uh, one of my favorite things. Uh, I do really have fond memories of going to Atlanta mm-hmm. for that one, uh, when that one con we went to, uh, and then the New York comic con, when we went to that, that yep. was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Got,
0: uh, got in line at like five 30 in the morning or something to get into the thing and then sat in the big room all uh, day through all, all day. the panels just to get to the walking dead panel.
1: Yep. We got there. Sure did. And then all <laughs> they had to eat, that whole thing was, The whole place was hot dogs. Yeah. What? Not that I don't, not that I mind hot dogs, but I mean, if you're going to have a thousand people in a room all day long, (laughs) you know, have some food, you know, put up a pizza cart. (laughs) In addition to the hot dog cart. In addition to the hot dog cart. Because if you're going to have hot dogs, you might as well have pizza, right? I agree. I agree. Uh, So yeah, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good memories around that stuff. I mean, yeah. Meeting Lou Temple. I remember uh, we were at a... uh, we are in Atlanta and we went uh, to a restaurant and then everybody kept showing up. I think it was the Hard Rock Cafe. It was the Hard in Rock Atlanta. Cafe. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Lou Temple came in. I remember Travis Love giving me a great big hug. That was really neat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there was uh, all kinds of good stuff.
0: Totally. And, th- and that was the year that we met Andrew Lincoln too.
1: It is. Yep. It
0: It's, um... It's, it's not the only time I've been in a room with him, but it's the only time I've actually spoken to him. So it was, it was quick, but it was intense. He was one of the first walking dead celebrities that, that I met, that we met. That was awesome.
1: I really enjoyed, uh, meeting Melissa McBride. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was probably my, my favorite of the meeting of the cast. She was very cool.
0: Um, when I, um, what was it? Oh, I, yeah, we, when I met uh, Lauren Cohan, that was great. And then I got a, a picture with her and Stephen Yun. And it's nice. funny because I'm in between them, you know, arms around both of them. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's funny because it looks like Stephen Yun's arm extends all the way behind me and then oh, yeah. around her. So it looks like he's got this giant arm, which is funny. And, uh, as soon as I showed that to someone, I was in the green room with them or something like that. And, and, uh, I showed the picture to somebody and he's like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I gotta, you gotta show this to Steven. And so we ran over to Steven Yunn and showed him and it's like, look, it looks like you have a, you know, uh, <laughs> eight foot arm or something like that. And it nice. was, it was a fun moment. I'll tell you. Good times. So really good times. Uh, designer will had a second question about writing on the show and coming up with inventive communities or groups of people or something like that. And I must admit, I, that's a harder question because it we've seen a lot of communities in some ways they're kind of the same, but in other ways they're, they're very different. Um, and I, I don't know what I would do to mix that up a bit, but off the top of your head, have you got anything about different kinds of groups or people we could encounter on the show that would, that would feel unique and different at this point?
1: I have two words for you. Okay. Water world. Water world. Yeah. So the people that, uh, uh, that drive the, the sea dews all around the place and the a giant tanker ship. hmm Uh, yeah, that's, we need a community like that. We need to go out into the ocean. Come on.
0: Well, Michonne's on her way out into the ocean right now as we speak, so we might be going there. Exactly. You know? Okay. Well, there, I mean, that's, uh, sorry for the half-assed answer there, Will, but, uh, water world it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, uh, if you could survive, like there's a lot of people on a, uh, an aircraft carrier, but if you could get rid of most of the people, an aircraft carrier would be pretty cool. Except you have to figure out how to run a nuclear power plant, right? Yeah, that'd, I mean, feel, that'd be tough.
0: I feel like that would be challenging. You'd end up just drifting around and. Uh, oh, that's,
1: that's the other thing I wanted to mention about moving into the Home Depot is that, uh, I live new, near a nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. So we've had problems with those in the show. <laughs> right, or is, you know fear the walking dead specifically, yep, but uh I like to think that uh the Pickering nuclear power plant is a is a can do reactor and it has a uh a negative void coefficient, so if you don't do anything, it'll just shut down. That's probably right? a and good thing, so that's my hope is that if i if I move into the local home depot that the power plant is not going to go uh postal, <laughs> it'll just quietly shut down and go to sleep, yeah, uh, that's what you
0: want. you don't want it to uh do anything else really
1: yeah or you know, there's so few people I assume oh I don't know how many people work in a nuclear power plant and nobody's gonna tell me right probably so, not. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, the people at the uh, the nuclear power plant control room are going yeah it's a zombie apocalypse I'm gonna press this shutdown button just for fun <laughs> you know, right. just 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 shut this thing down nice and quietly and then I'm gonna move into the, uh, the home Depot I'm gonna go hang out with those guys in the Home Depot over there well, you know, all those people they live uh, they work closer to the Lowe's, so maybe they could all go to the Lowe's, which is another area with that that it would be really good cuz there's a there's a grocery store. They have the liquor store. Oh, okay. well. You know, I don't drink a lot, but the, the Lowe's is in the same uh, uh mall area as the liquor store. Okay. So, there's that.
0: For for anyone who doesn't know Lowe's is another Home Depot type big building supplies store. I don't know if
1: they're outside Canada. Maybe they are. I don't know. Doesn't matter. uh, There's also there's a Walmart. Okay, there's a Walmart and the Lowe's and the liquor store and the Toys R Us. Maybe that's a better choice. I don't know. It's farther (laughs) away from me. Okay. (laughs) The Toys R Us. (laughs) That's another thing we actually
0: only have here now because they went bankrupt in the states. But if you oh that's right, Canada has Toys R Us still. By the way, yeah, yeah. Uh, If you need baby supplies, kid supplies, at least you got a Toys R Us. Yeah. All right, Elena L. And asked this question. And in fact, Melissa H also asked a similar one. Has there been any other show you've been as obsessed with as The Walking Dead? And would you ever consider doing another podcast for as long as you have with this show again? So any other shows you are, I mean, are obsessed with, Jason? And and I, I paused there because we have a very unique relationship to The Walking Dead, having done a podcast about it for 10 years. Yeah. But- Other shows, you know, through its ups and downs, but other shows that you have loved so much that you would consider doing another podcast
1: about, or, or if you could go back in time, would have been a good choice. There's two. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Lost is an obvious one for a couple of reasons. One, I was absolutely obsessed with it. uh, And the mystery was uh, absolutely huge once I really got into it. And two... It was right around the time that I started listening to podcasts yep. and specifically started listening to lost podcasts twice mm-hmm. a week, listening to that. And it really sparked my interest in actually podcasting. Yep. So that, uh, I would love to go back in time and do a lost podcast. Uh, I don't think we could do it now because, you know, the mystery is solved. Yeah. And there's plenty of them out there. In fact, there are even
0: people who are doing like rewatch podcasts about it now. So yeah. it's a market that's covered,
1: I would think. Yeah. And the other show that, uh, I wish, uh, we you know, in retrospect, I wish we did do a podcast about, and that was, um, uh, <laughs> oh, the, the leftovers. Leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a great show. Again, a big mystery. What the hell's going on there? And just watching that, uh, from week, not week to week, but, you know, binge watching it from episode to episode, I kept thinking geez, I really wish I could talk about this and get into a community about this and get some listener feedback and have some theories and discussions on what's going on and characters and stuff. And, uh, that show, I wish I would have, we would have had a podcast about. Okay. Well, those are two good show, two
0: really good choices and two shows that I love. I have the same experience as you with lost. It was, it was around, you know, early on in my listening to podcasts and, it was a show I was obsessed with. I saw it from the, the actual premiere live air night. And, uh, and I loved it another, you know, but in terms of shows that I really, really love, um, people have heard me talk about the twilight zone, the original twilight zone. Yep. Maybe one of my favorite shows of all time doing a podcast about that. It would be fun. I don't think there's too many out there. There are one or two. um, but that might be fun, but that's five seasons of, of a show with, you know, 20 some odd episodes per season. Uh, and that's an old one, obviously. Currently though, I'm obsessed with shows like Handmaid's Tale. I think the Handmaid's Tale is one of the best shows ever on TV. And I do think it would be fun to do a podcast about that right now. I think Watchmen on HBO is phenomenal. I haven't quite finished it yet. I've got two episodes left, but I've heard that it ends really strong. So I'm really looking forward to that. I should watch,
1: I should catch up on that. I've watched a couple of episodes, but
0: that's it. Yeah. You've, you've got to, it's, it's so good. And, um, I mean, I guess there are other ones too that I really like better call Saul, for example. Um, I don't know that I would do a podcast on that, but just the idea in general of doing another podcast for as long as we've done this one, it's funny because, it's hard to imagine, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine doing this about any other show than The Walking Dead, but that is probably only because we've been doing this about The Walking Dead for so long, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I don't, we, I don't have any relationship with any other show than, uh, than I do with The, the Walking Dead, right? This not. The relationship's pretty, uh, intimate.
0: Yeah. Certainly not in the same kind of way, right? It's, yeah. it's like trying to go back and imagine what it, would be like if you m- married somebody else like if you had a different spouse right how would my life be different well i don't know and like would would you <laughs> would you ever consider getting in a long-term marriage like that it's like well probably but how can you even imagine what that would be like right yeah, So
1: exactly it's
0: hard to say all right thomas f wrote what did you think about the final issue of the walking dead comic jason
1: uh i thought it was okay <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, I really didn't see it coming, but, uh, a- after it happened, uh, it made sense. Good. I agree with those things. I, I agree with <laughs> all of those things, a hundred percent. I have no, I have not seen the, or read the final issue. Yeah. I stopped at issue 100. They were at 170, 170 something.
0: Yeah. 176 or seven or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so
1: I've only read half the issues, so I have no idea what happens, but I assume something happened. Yeah. Something did happen, and
0: Thomas, I really liked it. I thought it was a satisfying ending. I I enjoyed where the comic was going. I thought what happened at the end was suitable, um, and it wrapped it up, in my opinion, quite well. So uh, without giving anything away about what happened in the final issue of the comic, I think Robert Kirkman did good. And uh, I also think it was time, to be honest with you. I think the comic had been slowing down a little bit compared to sort of how awesome it was for the first, I don't know, five years of its life or so. Uh, So whatever his reasons were for ending it, I think it was the right call. And he managed to do it pretty well. Awesome. There you go. Uh, All right. Shenandoah asks, what are your least favorite movies and shows? (laughs) So... (laughs) This is this was hard for me because you know You don't watch shows you don't like I don't watch shows I don't
1: like, yeah. You've seen movies that you didn't like though.
0: Well, that is a little different. Yeah. That's that's true. Um but I did come <laughs> up with two answers for TV shows. I really
1: hated that. I'm gonna watch that
0: again. You're gonna watch some more of that that I really hated. <laughs> well my two answers are um first of all, here's a show and maybe this is a bit of a cheat, but as much as there were things about the show Dexter that I thought were really good, I thought there was some things about that show that also were really bad. So I'm going to go with Dexter because even though I loved parts of it, I hated parts of it too.
1: Well, not even, you can't even, you've seen the whole thing. Whole thing, all, the whole, what the whole was it, thing.
0: Eight years, yeah.
1: Yeah. What about the season with John Lithgow? That's one of the things I liked. And then what about the, uh, the end of the season with, uh... Uh, oh, what's his name? That guy that uh, saw right through Dexter from the beginning. Surprise, uh, yeah, motherfucker!
0: That was season two, and that's one of the seasons I hated. I didn't like that season at all. You didn't like that season. I okay. thought that character was ridiculous, overwritten. I thought that guy overacted like crazy. And oh, I
1: and then there was that British chick that was really
0: annoying. Pardon my tits. In uh, in that season, season two. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember it, that.
1: Dexter was dating this British chick that uh, was crazy. Oh. Remember? Yes. She liked to set fire to
0: things.
1: (laughs) Right. Of course. Season two of Dexter, I didn't like, and I'm,
0: I'm in the minority there, I think, but the John Lithgow season was amazing. Um, I thought the first season was great. There was some other stuff that was pretty good. The ending was one of the worst in TV show history. So I just. I'm
1: not in the same boat, even though it ended on a boat. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, I I liked the ending. Sort Oh, that's insane. We just need to, yeah, we just, let's just, leave it there <laughs> okay
0: fine so dexter i'm of two minds about and the other one is a much more recent show called avenue five <laughs>
1: i you see i didn't mind
0: it i i i don't get it it's it's hbo it's hugh Laurie, good you know hbo good spaceships yeah. good but olaf good as guy olaf guy good well yeah olaf as a live action actor well, i don't think so
1: good what do you think? You think he just needs to say, "I like warm hugs more." Maybe Would that help. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> the show. I mean, it's not great, but it's a um, it's an exercise in the ridiculous, right? It's just a, how ridiculous can we make this uh, premise, right? They're on a ship that nobody knows how to run. Uh, they're doing stuff, and it's just uh, it's all about public opinion, mm-hmm. and uh, it has nothing to do with reality. Uh, whatsoever it's it's just everything about it is absolutely ridiculous, and that has its place in my heart
0: i I guess that kind of thing has its place in the world, but I don't see I don't really get what this show is trying to to give me or something like that it's it just felt ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. I had trouble getting through the first episode, and then I did, and then I watched the second one, and it didn't get any better in my opinion so I don't think I'm going to watch anymore.
1: Yeah. It, it, it asks a very simple and, uh, important question. Imagine if you will, it's not really a question. Imagine if you will, that the world is run by idiots that don't understand what they're doing or how things work.
0: It doesn't take a real stretch of the imagination to picture that these days.
1: No, I understand that. Okay. This is just <laughs> it taking it to like, uh, are they taking it further? I don't know, yeah. but they're they're kind of holding a mirror up to uh, the the ridiculous state that the reality can be.
0: Okay, well, I think if I want to watch that, I'm going to go back and rewatch Idiocracy because that's that's a movie I really enjoy I that would covers the I same stuff. I just listened
1: to an interview with Terry Crews where he talks about Idiocracy. Yep, and. Uh, I really like Terry Crews. If I mentioned that before, I don't think I've ever mentioned that before. I don't know. I think he's an amazing human being and uh, I really want to be like him. Okay. He's a cool guy. He's a very cool guy. He's a very cool guy. Do you have any least favorite shows? Oh God, yeah. Um, (laughs) Mainly- I feel feel like your list might be longer. (laughs) It's not longer, it's shorter because I don't watch shows I don't like. And I think I, sorry, but I think I have a wider acceptance of what I like. Uh, than you might. But I really, really hate The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and all its ilk. Well, see, I've never seen a single episode of any of that kind of thing. My wife watches it and like I was putting my son to bed and I came downstairs and she was watching the most recent episode. And the fact that it's on TV means I can't stay in the room Oof. because I'll argue with the TV the whole time I'm there. I can't <laughs> be in the same room as that show. Yeah. Uh, because it, I don't even really want to get into it, but I can't imagine why somebody would want to be on that show and put themselves through this and get themselves into a relationship that is absolutely not real. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's no part of that that is real. You're being manipulated. You, sorry, I'm going to get angry. I can't watch those shows. I hate them so much. I just, I can't. I don't even like the fact that they exist.
0: Yeah. I have a similar feeling just in general about re- reality TV and I've watched almost none of it. So.
1: I mean, I've watched, I watched the first season of Survivor like the whole way through. I remember doing that because that was partly, partly started the whole thing, right? Yeah. Of that type of reality show. hmm Um, I, I had friends that were really into Big Brother. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand that. No, I don't uh, get any no. of it. So, and for movies, I have two movies that I can think of right now that, uh, I rage, I rage that they exist. Okay. And that they, they did this. Uh, one is the Assassin's Creed movie. Oh yeah. That's a good choice. It was terrible. That's so horrible. Like, why would you, why would you do that to the world? Nobody in that movie wanted to be in that movie once that movie was made. Like, no. It can't, it there's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that that movie exists and Fassbender. rage against it. Fassbender.
0: Good, good actor. Guy I like to see on screen, but man,
1: not. They didn't explain movie. anything through most of the movie. You were at like, what the hell's going on here? Why are they doing this? What's going on here? What, what is, what's he synchronizing with? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, knowing if they explained it the way they explained it in the video game, everything would be fine. But then they hooked him up to this stupid, ridiculous thing where he could act out the actions. What well, was that all about? It but was
0: th- dumb. It was that that was because this is a movie and uh, and they were trying to make it more interesting rather than just a guy lying in a thing. But hey, the yeah. game's interesting and it's a guy lying in a thing. So
2: yeah,
1: I I tried to talk my uh, wife into uh, letting me name my son Desmond because of Desmond Miles was the main character's name. Oh yeah, Assassin's Creed. She Wouldn't shot that, that be down. Cool? Eh? Well, up. I didn't tell her at first that. That was from a video game, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I tried to, you know, say, what about Desmond? Desmond's a nice name. I like Desmond.
0: It's a good name. Desmond Miles Des- sounds good too.
1: Yeah. No, see, I would have been fine with it. All right. Uh, but yeah, that got shut down. I can, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then I, you know, I was able to name him after, uh, the character, uh, played by Lou Temple, as named by me. I mean, talk about this
0: show and podcast having a big influence on our lives, especially yours. I mean, your friggin' son's name came out of it. That's right. Right? That's incredible. And, and I didn't,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I called him Jasper because the name Jasper has always kind of meant something in the back of my head, right? So Sure. It's, uh, well, you know, my son and Lou Temple, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's not because of one or the other. Anyway. Uh, the other movie that I hate and I rage against the fact that it exists exists is uh The Dark Tower. Oh. They ruined it. They I'm, ruined it for everybody. Right. I've never such seen it such a good series of books, uh, such a great premise. They could have done so much for it from it. And then they took the the Idris Elba for crying out loud. They put Idris Elba in the Dark Tower as uh as Roland, and I'm thinking. I can't imagine it being better than that. I think that's perfect casting. I think it's amazing. And then they kind of smashed everything together and ruined it all in one movie and destroyed any chance of anything meaningful coming out of this other than the books already existing. So it ruined it. It ruined it for the world. Like, why would you do this? Well, that's too bad. I haven't
0: seen it. And I, although I have read the first Dark Tower book, but I heard the movie was terrible and I just stayed away.
1: And the, and even the first book is not really an indication of what the, the whole series is about.
0: No, I know that. Did the movie incorporate mostly the first book or, or lots of other stuff?
1: <laughs> the last book, oh. the first book, all the middle books, uh, <laughs> skipping a whole bunch of parts, uh, ruining the suspense of the entire series Got it. Uh, all together, uh, and then taking that into the realm of the stupid. I see. Well, it sounds uh, pretty bad. And it, it makes me sad for Hollywood in general, because you get good actors like Idris Elba and, uh, what's his name? Played the bad guy, uh, Texas guy. All right, all right, all right. Who's that guy? Um, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, they take good Hollywood actors and they drive a dump truck of money up to their house and go, we really want to make this movie. And they go, yeah, okay. That sounds great. And they read the script and they go, this is garbage. Oh, well. Yep. I'm in. Dump truck of money outside. Dump truck of money. I got some tax problems. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, right? Matthew McConaughey. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. All right.
0: Well. Awful. There there you go. That's too bad about uh, The Dark Tower. I will probably never watch it. Uh, Next up, John B. writes, what's your top three TV theme tunes?
1: Well, uh, for me, the beginning of Lost. Okay. Because it's very simple. Like there's no like uh, beginning, opening music like Gilligan's Island. Uh, it's just this noise. And mm-hmm. then we move on with the plot. Mm-hmm. Good, right? good, good. Uh, the second one is the closing song for uh, WKRP. Of course, because it's a uh, gibberish language. Uh, yeah, or- it's gibberish. And uh, we actually covered it in the band I was in. We did the, the opening theme song of uh, WKRP. Uh-huh. And then we went right into the end, uh, the, the closing theme song. It was awesome. That's great. I mean, the story there, right, is that the composer used placeholder
0: words, and then yes. they just never wrote any real words, so they went with it.
1: Yeah, the, the band was saying, well, what's this song? Like, I don't understand uh, what, uh, how this song is supposed to go. And uh, so the, the composer went in and said, I want the lyrics to sort of sound like this. And just did a bunch of gibberish, and they're like, yeah, okay, that works. Good. <laughs> <And> kept it. <laughs> I love that story. It's amazing. It, it really is. All right, next? Uh, no, that's it. Okay. Um, uh, maybe the facts of life. Cause oh, I know yeah. all the words. Sure. Take the good, take the bad, take
0: them both. <laughs> take and there you have
1: the facts of life. That's right. You, know, you got to grow and show and nice know all the words.
0: Yeah. Well, I have WKRP on my list as well. I enjoy that theme song. Uh, bring it back to the twilight zone. I think that is a classic TV show theme and unmistakable. Like you can't hear that and not know what it is. Uh, you know, Dr. Who is a, is a pretty ubiquitous one too. And then I would say, Almost anything from what I've watched on HBO, be it Game of Thrones or Westworld or whatever, they have some solid theme music, those shows. They do. And then other than that, um, I have fond memories of the Family Ties theme song because that oh, yeah. was that was a sitcom that I watched with basically my whole family. I mean, I don't think my dad really sat down and watched it much, but my mom, my sister, we watched every episode of Family Ties and loved it at the time. So that theme is one that has stuck in my head for a long time.
1: Yeah. And when Michael Jake Fox was making uh, Back to the Future, he would do Back to the Future on the weekends and Family Ties during the week. It's fantastic. I mean, those things made that guy a superstar, I they, think. They did, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Lida or Lida F. writes, will you ever do a podcast on a rewatch of Lost? All right. So we already talked about this sort of about you know, doing another podcast. Um, I don't think the answer, I think the answer is no for Lost, but maybe for something else.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, like you say, the, the,
0: the Lost market is pretty saturated. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Janice M, what did you think of
1: The Expanse? Jason? Okay. So the novels, I've, uh, listened to all of the novels on, my, on Audible. And I really think that, uh, it's the best sci-fi since, uh, what's well, the best world building story since Lord of the Rings. It's absolutely phenomenal and amazing. And everybody should go out and either listen to it or read it. It's, uh, it's very important and very amazing. Cool. Well, I haven't seen it, so I'll move it up the list. And as far as the television show goes, I've watched the first two seasons, uh, and liked it, uh, but it's, it's fallen into that realm of TV shows I like too much and to watch. Okay, I have to carve out time to sit down and watch it. The, I did watch the first two seasons. The last time was in Lexington and I was sitting in a hotel room bored out of my skull. Mm-hmm. So I would sit and watch The Expanse and really, really enjoyed it since I've gotten back from uh, that trip. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to just sit and watch TV. Yeah, fair. Right. And when I do, my wife and I are watching something else. She does not want to watch The Expanse. <laughs> probably The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she doesn't watch that with me. All right. She knows that I'll argue with the TV and it just pisses her off. It ruins- she can't enjoy it. It ruins it for everybody. Right. I you know, she doesn't like it when there's other people because it's a guilty pleasure for her and she probably shouldn't know that I'm talking about it. So don't tell her anybody <laughs> if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Yeah, so The Expanse, uh, overall amazing, Uh, everybody should partake. Cool. Well, I haven't read the books or seen the show, but I mean, you've got me
0: interested because, you know, most important and best sci-fi in a long time, those are some strong opinions and I would like to experience it.
1: Yes. And they have, they stick to their premise, right? You know how it's important to me that everybody uh, plays by the rules that they set out for themselves? Mm -hmm. The Expanse does that. The Good. novels and the, and the, uh, and the TV show, everything just kind of makes sense in a weird twisted way. And right. it takes you into directions that you don't really, uh, uh, expect. Cool. Well, I mean, the fact that they do that and stick
0: to their own rules puts them, you know, ahead of all kinds of other properties, science fiction properties, right? Just doing oh, yeah. that alone is so important and probably just makes them better than most other shows or books. Exactly. It's cool. Kim G writes, I listen to you guys through Spotify. What is your favorite way to listen to podcasts and which apps do you recommend? So my current podcast app is Pocket Casts. I've been using it for a couple of years. It's had its ups and downs, but I'm kind of used to it. So that's okay. And I do really like it. Before that, I used downcast for a long time and I liked that one too, but I changed just because I felt like I needed to try something different. So, um, I did. And right now I'm on pocket casts and, uh, that's, that's that. Most of my listening is done on my commute to work, which is usually sitting on a bus.
1: Yeah. I I listen, I use pocket casts as well and I really, really like it. Yeah. It's a good one. All right. And most of my listening is done, uh, milling about. Milling about it. Shovel, shoveling the driveway, taking out the garbage, uh that kind of stuff. So, so Doing don't, dishes. Don't really have a, yeah, doing dishes. I don't really have a commute, but yeah, uh, I listen to- uh, <laughs> Your yeah. commute is get out of bed, walk down two stories, sit down at your computer. That's not true. I drive everybody <laughs> around in the morning and it usually takes me about 45 minutes to, uh you know, by the time we leave the house and I drop Jenny off and I drop Jasper off at school, then I go and get a coffee and- uh-huh. Um, through Tim Hortons and drive through and then get, by the time I get home. So it feels like a commute. All right. Well, there you go. That's good. And it, I'm all, you know, generally I'm all dressed and showered and stuff. So it's, uh, not <laughs> well, like I just roll out of bed and sit oh, down.
0: God, that would be my experience if I worked at home regularly. <laughs> Everyone, get, they're off on, they go off on their own to school or whatever. And I just roll myself down here and start working.
1: Yeah. Sit there in your own crapulence, and yeah, away you go.
0: Exactly. All right. Josh C writes, do you think your kids will ever listen to old episodes of your podcasts? Are there any specific things you hope they never find on your back catalog? I don't know. No. if Yeah. I don't know if there's anything really, I don't expect they'll ever listen to these really, unless for some reason they grow up, take an interest and, and give it a try, which I guess is within the realm of possibility. Like I, I, to, I find interest in things my parents did as younger people you listen, or whatever. Your dad was on the radio. Do you ever listen to his old episodes? Uh, no. I mean, well, my dad- not really
1: episode news, newscasts. Yeah.
0: He, he read the national news on national CBC radio for a number of years. And, uh, before that was a reporter and he would run around the city. Like if a building was on fire, they'd send him out and he'd do a report on it or anything that was newsworthy in Toronto. So- I listened to my dad on the radio all the time as a kid growing up because the radio was always on in my house and he was on it, but I don't go back now and listen to those things. I'm not even sure how I would do that, but maybe it's archived somewhere, but I'm just thinking this is not something my kids hear now. So maybe 20 years from now, they'll think, geez, dad did all that stuff we'll check it out. You never know. Uh,
1: I, uh, I highly doubt it. Like I I highly doubt that Jasper will ever come back and and go, you know, those podcasts, he knows about podcasts. mm -hmm. He knows that I do a podcast and, uh, I really doubt that he'll ever have an interest to go back and actually listen to it. Other than, you know, jumping around every once in a while, he'll see an archive of old podcasts somewhere and he'll say, Hey, that's my dad. He's talking about some shit. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, and jump around maybe a little bit to hear 15, 20 seconds here and 30 seconds there. But, uh, there's no way. You never know. Well, maybe, I mean, I hear celebrities that, you know, Jerry Seinfeld since the end of, uh, Seinfeld has gotten married and had kids. Right. right? Uh, so, and he sat down with his kids and had to convince them to watch an episode of Seinfeld. And he'd think that they would get an interest and go back and say, Hey, my dad was a superstar on TV. I should watch that episode. So they, he, he sat down with them and watched like uh, one episode and the kid his, uh I forget if he has a daughter or a son or both or whatever, but his child turned to him and said, you guys are just a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and he went, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That was kind of the idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, no, I really don't think that they'll ever have an interest. It's like, it's like journaling, Mm -hmm. right? I've been journaling in one form or the other since grade school. No no one's ever going to read that. No one's going to read it. Why would they ever read it? Maybe (laughs) in 600 years, if these things are still kicking around, some scholar might start digging through it as a doctoral thesis of the bullshit from- uh, you know, the late 20th century. Right. <laughs> right.
0: And probably get bored really quick and move on.
1: Yeah. What was life like before Instagram? You know, and they'll, <laughs> like, well, the only way to find out is to find old journals. Yeah. And even that is bullshit, right? Because everybody knows if I've learned anything from, uh, uh, from movies and TV and Bridget Jones diary is that, uh, diaries are all just, uh, inner thoughts that aren't actually true. Okay, let me ask you a question before we move on here. How
0: how much content do you think you have journal-wise? Like how many books or pages or whatever. More than a banker's box. So, podcast idea, we break out one in order if you if you have them in order and we read a few <sighs> pages or whatever 10 pages an episode on a podcast from the beginning and We determine, or we we just see where it goes. We read Jason's journals.
1: I really don't think so. First of all, it's boring. Most of it is, I went down and had a show with the clown band today, had a show at this mall, and then uh, I came home and Maggie and I hung out and had pizza and then uh, watched a movie and went to bed. I think, no,
0: I think this would be fascinating actually to look back at your, your life then and And just analyze it in a way. I think it would be incredible.
1: Well, we might, I'd have to find something. I have, uh, like I have my most recent journal, which I'm definitely not going to let anybody read, but, Well, uh, you go back
0: 30 years though and start there and read for 10 years worth of journals. That could fill up some time, right?
1: Dig that shit out. Well, I'm just
0: saying, I'm just leaving that here,
1: uh, and you know, I think it's been, it it's be been a while since I've, uh, since I've actually written anything in my journal. So yeah. I, I should get back into it.
0: I mean, this, this would replace, everybody always wants to know when we're going to do a shit Jason did in the nineties or whatever, right? This would replace that. This would be better than that, I think, because it's all written down. It's all real documented stuff.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, the only caveat I'll put on this is that you don't get to pick the dates. I get to curate what is included or not included? I mean, I would say. Because there's some shit in there that I don't want anybody to know. We could change names and stuff like that, but I would no, say everything but, gets included. But it's always me though. We all know that, right? It's me. <laughs> I went and robbed a bank, right? Oh, it's fair. like, oh, I can, I can change the name of the bank, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, really it's, oh my God, Jason robbed a bank. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't rob a bank. I mean, I there's a bank. statute of limitations on things like that. Not of robbery like
0: that. Uh, probably not. Violent crime. All right. Anyways, I think it's a great idea. I'm just going to leave that alone. Um, that's it. Let's go to our next question. Uh, Deanna S what is your favorite podcast? Speaking of podcasts, <sighs> film sack,
1: film sack, movie reviews from Scott Johnson and the crew. Yep. Listen to it every week, whether I've seen the movie or not. I wait for the weekend. Usually comes out sometime on the weekend on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Every week I'm I'm all over it as soon as it comes out. Cool.
0: That's good. Well, my favorite podcast is also a movie related show, but it's the Slash Film Cast with Dave Chen and the guys. They've been going for longer than we have. They're funny. They're generally intelligent and they just have an amazing... Rapport with each other, I find. So slash film cast for me. Other runner runners up right now that I'm really enjoying are You're Wrong About, where they basically two people go back and look at the events surrounding notable, um, you know, news making events and kind of reanalyze it a little bit. They, they definitely have an angle to everything, but I think they do well together too. And it's fascinating to listen to, um, one more, everything is alive where a guy interviews inanimate objects Oh, and, nice! and of course somebody plays the an- inanimate object, but of course there is some brilliant stuff in there. Um, I, I feel like that show slowed down a little bit. I mean, it's, it's not currently releasing new episodes, but but not, that's not what I mean. What I mean is the interviews aren't quite as clever as they were at the beginning. The first couple are just brilliant though, I think. And it's, it's worth listening to. So everything is alive.
1: Yeah. A couple of runner-ups that I have are uh, Small Town Dicks with, uh, Yardley Smith. Right. From The Simpsons. She, uh, and a couple of police officers from Small Town, uh, recount true crime, uh, it's interesting. I feel kind of bad about this podcast lately because, uh, it started off with Yardley Smith and, uh, this other woman named Libby something, but she just kind of disappeared from the show and I'm not really sure why. And, uh, I feel like she got slighted somehow and I'm not sure what's going on oh. and there's too many ads. Oh, it's just too many ads. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. Yep. Too many ads. Uh, and another podcast that I listen to that I really like is, uh, what the fuck with, Mark uh, Marin. Yeah. Uh, he interviews people and, uh, some of them are good. I, I pick and choose the people that he interviews because other, you know, I see a name and I'm like, I don't know who that
0: is. Yeah. I, I'm exactly the same with his show. I look at the episode, it downloads, I'm subscribed. If it's somebody I'm interested in, I'll listen to it. If it's not, I'll just pass. So I do that with a few shows. I do that with Chris Hardwick's Nerdist show too. Um, If it's somebody I'm interested in, I'll listen. If not, I just move on. So yeah, he just did an interview with uh, Terry Crews, which I thought was uh,
1: absolutely amazing. Well,
0: there you go. I think I probably have that one sitting on the phone, so I'll put it on soon. It
1: It, uh, the Mark Maron podcast is really nice because the first fifteen minutes or thirteen minutes specifically is just a bunch of bullshit, right? It's either uh, ads or him talking about uh, his cats Mm -hmm. or his upcoming shows and stuff. If you want to get to the interview, you just skip the thirteen minutes in. You're golden. I do that every time, to be honest with you. <laughs> get, get me so, to the content is
0: is what I want. So, Yeah. All right. Um, Jocelyn H writes, since you used to moderate at Walker Stalker Panels, what do you think about what is going on with Walker Stalker Con and FanFest? I have so, no idea what's going on. You're going to have to tell me. Jason has no idea. So I don't really know, Jocelyn, what is, what is going on. All I know is is what I read on Facebook or on other social media, but it seems like um, Walker Stalker is in some sort of financial difficulties, but I have no information about it. I am not part of their organization in any way, and it has it's actually been a few years since I've done anything at a Walker Stalker panel or, or convention. Um, but, you know, the guy who started it resigned. Someone else took over. He then resigned. And there are still things happening on their social media channels. And as far as I know, there are still conventions um, taking place, but they've scaled back a lot. But to be honest, I have no real inside information on what happened or what's going on or what their future is. So I don't know. All I can say is I think it's a huge bummer because I've only ever had great times at Walker Stalker conventions. Um, and that's not to say that everybody else who has had problems with them, and there are many, and, uh, I think many of it, a lot of those problems are related to, you know, not getting refunds and things like that. But again, I don't know
1: anything about that. So, you know, I, I don't really know what's going on. I, I can't imagine that that would be a fun job to, uh, to, you know, run a convention. I used to work at a booking agency, and like booking three clowns to do strolling stuff at some festival was a lot of work. And it's like herding cats. Yeah. I can't imagine having to book a venue and get uh, you know food vendors in there, and uh, all the setup involved, and the the people to hand out friggin' passes and to and security, and then all the personalities and the different booths and all that shit. It just it seems like a complete exercise in hell yeah. like just how to organize uh hell it just i can't imagine that that would be uh fun and yeah. i and uh, i i couldn't do it i i wouldn't even consider doing it i would rather i would rather go on the bachelorette as a contestant than run uh, a a comic book convention or good. any kind of convention good lord wow all right well there you go
0: um but anyways i mean walker Stalker. Uh, I, I think they're still doing one in Atlanta, but I, I don't even really know, to be honest. Uh, okay. Neil P. Would you consider bringing back the random facts at the start of each episode? Yes. Do that, Chris. Okay. I'll consider it. All right. Jeffrey B. Seems how you guys are like Lenny and Carl. What are your favorite Lenny and Carl moments or just overall favorite Simpsons episodes? Uh, so Jason, I have two Lenny and Carl moments here. Okay, good, because I can't recall any well specific moments of Lenny and Carl. I'm I'm gonna play them. <laughs> oh super. Yeah, and and these are the two that immediately came to mind. So and I and I didn't think about it any more than that because obviously these are the ones that have stuck with me for years. So here they are. Here's the first one.
3: Hey Homer, see it, Mose? He put new electrical tape on the cushions. Sorry guys. Marge and I are spending the weekend at a bed and breakfast. Oh, try to jumpstart the old marriage, huh? Can I come? Nah, it'd just be awkward. What with the sex and all? Yeah, I always figured Marge would be a dynamo in the sack, you know? Oh, boy, she's got legs from here to ya How
0: do you do, ma'am?
3: Hope this evening finds you well. No, knock it off, you perverts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What with the sex and all? (laughs) So I like that one, and here's the other one. Everyone's going to know this one.
3: It's basically the same deal, except we get a free keg of beer for our meeting. Yay! In exchange for that, we have to give up our dental plan. <laughs> so long dental plan! Dental plan! Lisa needs braces. 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 Dental plan! Lisa needs braces bullseye (laughs) thanks a lot carl now i've lost my train of thought dental plan lisa needs braces dental plan lisa needs braces if we
1: give up our dental plan i'll have to pay for lisa's braces
0: dental plan (laughs) uh there you go lenny and carl those are my two favorite moments i haven't seen an episode of the simpsons in the last well probably after like season I don't know, twelve or thirteen. So God, those you're, are you're more
1: recent than me. Earlier on, yeah, it's been yeah, it was the nineties, like uh, mid nineties, since I've seen The Simpsons. Totally, yeah, totally. I, so um, late nineties. Sorry, we used to have uh nacho night in Canada, where we uh on Sunday nights we would uh, make some kind of taco, nachos, burritos, whatever. Yeah, uh, and then watch The Simpsons. Okay, that's me and my roommates.
0: Yeah, I watched it religiously for a number of years and then just fell off and moved on to other things, but it's still going. So there you go. Uh, do you have a favorite episode of the Simpsons from then that you can think uh, of?
1: Mr. Plough. Mr. Plough was pretty good. When, I like the one where he had to go on a convention with, uh, uh, a female coworker. Yeah. Mindy. The L- Her name was Mindy, right? Mindy. Yeah. They had, they went to the Windy Apple. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And he says- Capital city, the windy apple. And
0: he says, the only thing I'm going to use this bed for is eating, sleeping, and maybe building a little fort. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. There you go. Let's see. Jonathan B. Chris, what has been your favorite Jason tangent? There have been so many. Mine is what to do in the case of an armed ambush. (laughs) That's a good one. Very good. It's very important. Of course. Um, Otherwise, though- that's a tough question. Uh, I think you've told stories about, as a clown, lighting your hair on fire. Or was I it- wasn't
1: as a clown. I was dressed as Dorothy from oh, the Wizard
0: of Oz. Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, lighting hair yeah. on fire. That's pretty that good.
1: Was, that was a Halloween where I got second degree burns on my hand on the, and on the underside of my nose and singed my entire beard. It's probably the best Halloween of my life. Yeah, that sounds pretty good.
0: I seem to recall a story. Um and this is vague enough, I think, in case you haven't talked about this, but something to do with dating two women at the same time
1: in your early twenties. You know what? I met them both on that Halloween that I caught on fire as dressed as Dorothy. I met them both that night. Dude, this is,
0: this is clearly a pivotal moment in your life. Like someone needs to write a screenplay about that moment and how, and it's some sort of time travel, jump around, you know, looper type movie. And that moment is key because it's clearly the start and finish of all your greatest stories.
1: (laughs) It it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty pivotal. That was uh, definitely a seminal moment. Uh, yeah, I dated them both, um, until about Christmas. Yeah. And this. (laughs) The secret was to not, well, there was two secrets. One was to obviously keep them apart. Mm -hmm. But then uh, I was, that's right around the time that the band Space Elevator, uh, we just started, right? It was just me and Scott as an acoustic duo. And we were performing at uh, the Horseshoe, downstairs at the Horseshoe Tavern, famous uh, music bar in Toronto. Uh, So we were performing downstairs and I accidentally told them both about the show and they both wanted to go and they both showed up. Oh, Perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect. So they were both, you know, in the room, didn't know about each other. And I was running back and forth and they were both getting a little bit annoyed that I was spending time with other people. So, uh, I had to do something wild and crazy. I got them both at the same table at the same time. Mm-hmm. That way I could control the conversation that was going on. And, w- uh, once I was in control of that conversation at that table, uh, they, I just Steered the conversation to innocuous, uh, topics so that, uh, it would never come up that anybody was dating me. You are a genius, my friend. <laughs> it's fucking scary.
2: <laughs> I <It's> imagine.
1: Scary. <laughs> and, uh, eventually I had to, uh, make a choice and, uh, I did make a choice and, uh, it was the best choice and a bad choice all rolled into one horrible package. Of course.
0: Uh, one other story I know you have involves a seagull and a hot dog, and you may have told that here. But, Sausage. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry. Uh, they ganged up on me, those bastards. If you haven't told it on the podcast, we'll leave that for some other day. Let's say that.
1: That's a good story.
0: All right. Adam O. wants to know, will you ever do another podcast on pickle juice? And the way he phrases that question, it sounds like pickle juice is some kind of drug. So you, you get high, you do it, you do the podcast while on pickle juice uh, rather than talking about pickle juice, but I don't really know what he meant. Um, What he's referring to is the time we took a shot of it
1: to see what it was like. Uh, It was delightful. (laughs) It was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) I really liked it. It Uh, it was kind of scary good. (laughs) Exactly. It was was one of those, uh, geez, I really probably shouldn't drink this pickle juice. (laughs) Probably not. But I should leave it for the pickles.
0: (laughs) We did. And uh, it was fine. I don't know if we'll ever do that on the air again, but it's been a long time since we've done a taste test of any kind on the air, but. There's been a couple times where we have so.
1: It's like eating pickled potato chips. It's like you know, it's sort of like it has the pickle flavor, but they're not pickles.
0: Yeah, dill pickle chips. I like those. Yeah, me too. Okay, I
1: haven't had chips in a long time. I should get some chips.
0: Go get some chips, man. Uh, Andrew S, what are your thoughts on the current Maple Leafs logo? I quote unquote know the guy who designed it. He's a listener to the pod. Wait a minute, Andrew S, are you telling me? that the guy who designed the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team logo listens to this podcast cuz it sounds like that's what andrew s is saying
1: Toronto Maple Leafs
0: oh listen to that keyboard <laughs> i love that clacky keyboard but to, uh because that that would be huge i am a toronto native i am a massive toronto maple leafs fan and i really like the new logo i think it is a beautiful mix of modern and classic And I think it looks really great on the jerseys. Uh, it's one of my favorite logos that the Leafs have ever had. So Mr. Logo Designer, if you're out there, fire me an email. I want to tell you how great a job I think you've done.
1: Okay. So I'm looking at the logo right now and, uh, I think it's fine. Okay, good. (laughs) I don't really have any opinion on it. I want to know what, uh, uh, what Andrew S means by no in quotes. Well, I do too. I'm not sure what that means. He
0: did. Means it he doesn't quotes.
1: really know him or he knows him in like the biblical sense. <laughs> I
0: don't, I have no idea. Could go either way. Could go either way. Yeah, but, so. uh, I'm just excited that he knows the guy in any way. And sure, maybe, I mean, it's in quotes, right? Uh, okay. You're right. We I, don't know what's going on now. No could mean he passed him on the street one day. Right. Like I, um, I know that guy. Oh yeah. Seen him around. I've heard of him. I know that guy.
1: <laughs> you know, it's all, all part of the inflection.
0: Yeah. So anyways, that's exciting. I really like it. Really like the Maple Leafs, but they can be a frustrating team at time. Uh, all right. Next up is Matt C. What's your favorite vacation you've each taken? Jason,
1: you have a favorite vacation? Uh, I'm not sure I've ever taken a vacation. <laughs> you've been to Asia. Yeah. That was for work though. I was, there was the band, the clown band. Okay. didn't, I don't think I've ever gone anywhere for fun. Never? You're 40 something Well, I mean, I've old. been to Ottawa. That's you know, not fun. <laughs> I went to, uh, I've gone to Niagara Falls a couple times. Okay. Uh, we're more of a staycation kind of family. I'm not really sure. I mean, my favorite vacation right now was back in October. I took a week off and built a desk. At home? In your garage? At home. And I have, I'm sitting at the
0: desk right now and I fucking love it. Okay. Well, that's, that's. Valid. That's fair. You know, that's what you like to
1: do. Yeah. So that's my favorite vacation.
0: Well, even though I went to this place for work, I really loved Hawaii. Uh, I thought it was amazing. So I, it was a work trip, but it was awesome. Uh, It's got
1: mountains. It's out in the middle of the ocean. It could blow up at any time. What's not to love?
0: It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, But I've been to lots of places technically on vacation, um, California, I love. I've been, you know, around Europe a lot. Uh, Italy is pretty amazing, but I like everywhere. So hard to pick a favorite, but, you know, I just like traveling. So wherever I go, I'm pretty excited about it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Tommy S, what are each of your top five bands of all time? Did you make a top five list?
1: Uh, Yeah. ACDC, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, The Doors, I, I was big into The Doors back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yep. I uh, went through a whole Doors thing, had all their albums, listened to everything. Uh, Foo Fighters. Oh, good choice. Uh, because Dave Grohl, I, I listened to or watched a, a documentary on, uh, like I, I liked uh, Nirvana and uh, the Foo Fighters from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I watched a documentary on the Foo Fighters and when... Uh, uh, Kirk Cobain called their manager and uh, they were looking for drummers. They went through like five drummers mm-hmm. uh, and they finally got uh, uh, Dave Grohl as a drummer in Nirvana. And they called him, Kirk Cobain called his manager and said, uh, You know what? I think I found the best drummer in the world. Yep. He's not wrong. No. Oh. He's not wrong. Dave Grohl's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> he is absolutely amazing. And, uh, and, and, just- and the, Foo, <laughs> the Foo Fighters came out of, uh, you know, the death of Kirk Cobain and, uh, uh, you know, formed after that. He's just, he was working through all this kind of thing. And at the end of the documentary, uh, he said, I, I just kind of did this, uh, the Foo Fighters as a, uh, kind of a lark after, you know, to try and ground myself after this big upset. And if I'd known I was going to be this serious and take this long, I wouldn't have chosen such a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> it's such a good quote. I like that. Uh, also Fleetwood Mac. Probably oh. one of the best uh, bands of all times. And uh, right now I'm really enjoying the White Stripes. Oh, look at you. That's great. I, th- I think Meg White, like, okay. So Dave Grohl is on one side of, uh, you know, awesome, awesome drummers. And Meg White is on another side of, uh, awesome, awesome drummers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like them both. I think Meg White is probably one of my favorite drummers of all time. And she, it's just so visceral yeah. and raw, uh, and, uh. What's his name? The other guy, the white. Jack, Jack, Jack White. Jack, Jack, Jack White. Yeah. He, when he, like they were married at one point, uh, they pissed around and, and yep. lied about their relationship for a long time, but they were married at one point and they got divorced. But when they were married, he was trying to uh, write a song and lay down a track or do something and he got her to drum on it and he loved it so much. He he didn't want her to practice. He's like, don't practice. Let's just go and do the show. Do, do it like you do it. <laughs> just do it like you do it. Don't practice. I want you to be that way. Yeah. Uh, and just, it, it just, it, it speaks to me that just the, the, the raw energy that mm-hmm. she, uh, that she has. Cool. She's retired from music and lives a quiet life. She's never really good at the spotlight, but yeah. Foof, uh, sorry, White Stripes. Cool. One of my favorite bands right now.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you, many of those I could choose too because I'm big fans of lots of those like the Foo Fighters and stuff like that. Um but on my list are the Beatles, big Beatles fan, uh early Radiohead. I still love listening to older Radiohead stuff. There was I'm not as big into them as I used to be, but they're definitely one of the formative bands for me. Um I've been all long time fan of the Dandy Warhols. Just think they're right. great. They've been, I don't think they've put out a bad album, and I can listen to them any day, all day. Um, a British band that is that disappeared for a long time, but has recently come back with a new album called Swerve Driver. They're one of my favorites of all time. And then a band out of Austin, Texas, that has been around for maybe seven, eight years, at least I've known about them for that long, called Quiet Company. They put out an album called we are all where we belong that is a goddamn masterpiece like the moment i listened to it i fell in love with it and i have never stopped being in love with it it's one of those things i can put on anytime all day i love it they have a few other records too that i all that i think are all really good as well but that first one just i don't know did it for me like to the max (laughs) (laughs) to to use a phrase from the nineties. Um, so, you know, those are some of my favorites right there. I can't rank them and there could be, there's probably others too, but, uh, um, yeah, that's it. Some good music. Good, good, good. Okay. We got some more to get through here. Um, so let's keep moving. Simon W. Uh, we've sort of addressed this. Will there ever be an, in the nineties episode covering Jason's best stories from that era? A lot of people ask this question. So, I don't know, maybe we can do that someday and you can expand on some of these stories a bit, but, uh, yeah. if we'll, are... we'll
1: definitely call it shit. Jason did in the nineties. So. All right.
0: If there are other ones that have never come up, that would be fun too. So it's not out of the question, but at this point we have no plans. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Liche B I oh, B, forgot how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. And I've, I've messaged with her before, but she says, you guys seem so likable. So sweet. Do you ever get hate mail? P.S. I hope not. Just wondering about crazy stalkers.
1: Uh, not for the podcast.
0: No, not really. I mean, we've had some weirdos send emails to the podcast. There was a time earlier on where we had the same person writing me multiple emails about every, every episode of the show. And, and it was weird. This person was very, um, sort of, uh, I don't know, upset about everything that we said, I think very, uh, what's the con- contradictory, contrary to contrary. Us? Yeah. And, um, sometimes I, f- I felt like this person was kind of mean about it. And so I never once read any of it on the air. I never once responded to any of it, but I did read it all. So, um, we had that for a while, but then that just stopped and it went away and, you know, it didn't really come up again. So no, we've never had any hate mail or anybody say anything really horrible or threatening or anything like that. And that's because all of our listeners are the greatest.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean by not for the podcast. I mean, in my personal life, sure. (laughs) Plenty, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay. Justin W., you share ratings of the TV shows, but never download numbers of your own show. I'm curious how many of us listen and how those numbers have changed over the years. So, um, I think I've talked about it briefly once in a while, but Justin is right in the 10 or so years we've been doing this, I've never really revealed too much about the download numbers. So I'm going to do that right now. Nice. Yeah. And I'm doing it because I think it's a little bit interesting at this point. Uh, if you look at the historical, uh, trend in our download numbers, because You know, we got lucky, Jason. We jumped on board with a TV show that like took off immediately, Yeah, was the highest rated show on TV in terms of eyeballs watching it for a long time. And our podcast numbers reflected that in a way. We also had a huge bump because AMC basically decided to use the same name and that drove a lot of traffic to us. Confused downloads. Maybe a little bit, but you know what? I count them, man. I count them. I count them all. Yeah, well, and I, you know, a pair of ears is a pair of ears. That's right. That's exactly right. And, uh, our numbers never, like they would, like they were consistent, you know, it's not like when AMC first launched that show, our numbers like quadrupled overnight and then went back to what they were before. They went high and stayed high. So people were, I guess, listening and liking what we were doing and sticking with it. So, um, you know, way back early on, we, um, we were for a long time during the beginning of the walking dead, we were around 20,000 to 25,000 downloads per podcast episode. Let's put it that way. As the show got more popular and millions and millions of more people were watching it, uh, you know, up to 17 million, stuff like that. We, spiked way higher than that 20,000 um I think our highest downloaded single episode ever I don't know the, I don't have the number in front of me but it's over 80,000 which is massive in my opinion I feel like it's that's huge. crazy town and there was a short string there where we were around that you know uh level for a while then the Walking Dead started to in the ratings and it came down and down and down. It wasn't getting 15 million anymore. Now we're getting, you know, two or three million and our download numbers reflect that. So currently, right now, um, we, and it fluctuates a little bit with season premieres and finales and stuff, but we are actually probably at the lowest we've been since we started. And that is in the sort of six to 10,000 range per episode. Hmm. So under ten, which doesn't bother me. I don't mind. No, it's totally fine. Uh, it's just interesting to watch how our numbers follow the show in a in a pretty significant way. So yeah, that's what it is. So there you go. There's six to ten thousand of you, depending on uh, I don't know what really, just <laughs> the uh, <laughs> what when the episode came out or what it uh, what the expectations were for it. So
1: I can tell you, I'm one of them. I subscribe to us on uh, my podcast app. So do I. (laughs) I I rarely listen, but I (laughs) download every episode. Hey man, you show up to create it. That's good enough for me. (laughs) It's a good start.
0: So there you go. Um, Yeah, that's how it's gone over the years. And uh, cool. Dan S. What's the better Canadian comedy, Strange Brew or Canadian Bacon? Never seen either one of them. You've never seen Strange
1: Brew? Bill, uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Bob and Doug, I know who Bob and Doug are, and I've seen Bob and Doug every, you know, they're Canadian icons, but I don't think I've ever seen Strange Brew. I've, I'm familiar with it. I know it exists, and I know it has something to do with beer. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. You need to remedy that right away. Go watch Strange Brew. I don't watch hockey. It's not a You know, I'm a, a Canadian. I'm, I'm aware of that, but no. what I'm saying is I'm a fucked up Canadian who doesn't watch hockey. How can you be surprised that I don't watch Canadian television or Canadian movies that are icons? Well, fine,
0: but I still think you should go watch it. Here's the thing about this choice I, though. Canadian Bacon stars uh, John Candy, The legendary uh, John Candy, the legendary, you know, uh, departed John Candy. Yeah. But, John, but knowing that I still say Strange Brew is the better movie.
1: <laughs> Canadian
0: Bacon. So... I'm going to go with Strange Brew, but just talking about them makes me want to go back and watch both. And you need to as well. Just saying.
1: Oh, this was, uh, came out Canadian Bacon. Yeah. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah. John Candy. This came out in 95. This was in my, uh, my dark period. Okay. I didn't have cable. I didn't watch TV. I didn't go to movies. Uh, I was focused on, uh, the band I was in Mm -hmm. and, uh, being dirt poor.
2: Okay. Well, Uh,
1: I, I didn't even know this existed. Go back,
0: check them both out. You should, I think it's your duty as a Canadian, not going to make you watch any hockey games. Don't worry, but you should go watch these two movies. Okay. All right. But my answer is Strange Brew. Okay. All right. Mark S asks, what happens when you accent everything?
1: Well, you accent nothing. That's what Jim McComb used to say. Yeah. He's probably dead. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think I've heard that before too. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Good. Thank you, Mark, S. For that. Darlene B. How many zombies would Rob Zombie rob if Rob Zombie could rob zombies?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked this, uh, Darlene, because it it opens up a, a a very interesting conversation. Uh huh. So first of all, robbery, right? Robbery is a crime that uh is has two components to it. It has uh taking something from somebody else. Theft, but also has a violence or a threat of violence component, and you have to do both at the same time or within you know relative proximity. See, it's not just enough to to take something from somebody. You have to threaten violence. Give me your wallet, or I'm going to stab you with this goddamn knife. Okay, right. So that's that's uh, the crime of robbery. So can you rob a zombie? Can rob zombie? So there's a question there. If rob zombie could rob zombies, would he? Or how many could he? So can you rob a zombie? So that opens up the, uh, you know, with the threat of violence, you know, do you walk up to a zombie and say, give me your wallet or I'm going to stab you in the head? <laughs> Will that do any good? I'm not really sure. The, the zombie's not going to be like, oh shit, man, this guy's really serious. I should really give him my wallet. Uh, but then it also opens up the concept of, uh, you know, robbery is a crime right? Which Mm -hmm. uh, kind of implies that there's a governing body to kind of either uh, uh, prevent crime or to avenge it, essentially. So if there's a zombie apocalypse, I assume that Rob Zombie is robbing zombies in the zombie apocalypse, right? Correct. I would Uh, would say that's a safe assumption, yeah. Okay. So is there a governing body to, uh, to oversee potential crimes? So is robbery a crime in the zombie apocalypse? I don't know. Can you rob a zombie? I don't know. Let's imagine, if you will, that uh you are a time traveler and you travel back to uh prehistory, sometime uh where Neanderthal man is walking the earth and you go back with your handy dandy kitchen knife and uh you walk up to uh, you know, prehistoric man and say, Gimme your rock. Or I'm going to stab you with this uh, you know futuristic weapon. uh-huh. Okay, so you probably first of all would have a hard time understanding you. So let's assume that uh, time travel is uh, relatively ubiquitous, and that scientists are going back in time, uh, you know, not now because time travel is relatively uh, rare nowadays. Mm-hmm. So let's say you go forward in time to a time where time travel is ubiquitous. And then you go back in time to the, uh, the prehistoric time. So that, uh, scientists have had a chance to translate their language into something we can understand. So, and you bring a translator with you so that you could properly rob or attempt to rob prehistoric man. Uh But this is before laws existed, right? Correct. So can you rob prehistoric
0: man when there's no laws? I mean. We all understand the concept of robbery, but the prehistoric man does
1: not. Nor do zombies. Nor do zombies. Right. So I think the real question here is, uh, can, is it possible for Rob Zombie to rob zombies? I'm not sure that opens up a can of worms and, you know, that even gets into personhood. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you rob a dog? (laughs) Right. Can you take a dog's chew toy by force? You can, but is that robbery? Are you robbing that dog? It's an interesting question. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm really glad you asked this because it opens up a whole can of worms. My,
0: my first thought when you started talking about this is zombies are undead, but you know, also dead. So can you commit a crime against something that's undead even? And then I started thinking, well, you can commit a crime against a deceased person, a dead body. But But is it really, are they, are they really, are they really the victim or society the victim?
1: Yeah. Are they the, are they the aggrieved party, Mm -hmm. right? If you stab a dead person, no. what crime are you committing exactly? I mean, you you are, that is a crime. You are committing a crime. Against them? No. Yeah. Are they the victim or did you, uh, you know, uh, there's probably a crime against, uh, you know, doing stuff to dead bodies.
0: Well, again, desecrating a human corpse or whatever there is, it is, it's, it's more of a crime against what society has determined as inappropriate. Right? Yeah. There's lots of crimes like that, but you're right. I mean, this question, if Rob Zombie can even rob zombies, you have to first figure that out. And if he can, the question is how many? Yeah. So I think the answer would be a lot.
1: Well, So that brings up another question. So uh, let's assume that Rob Zombie is not necessarily committing a crime, but he's, you know, beating up zombies and taking their shit, regardless of whether it's a crime or not. Let's say he wants to do that. Sure. So how many zombies could Rob Zombie beat up and take their shit? Uh, How many, you know, basically until he gets tired. I mean, how many
0: zombies are there? Because I think he could go a long time.
1: And that's why, you know, one of the reasons why I was thinking two hatchets rather than a big weapon. Cause you know, I'm not as strong as I used to be and, uh, I get tired. Mm-hmm. So Rob Zombie, basically the answer is until he's tired of it, whether he gets bored or physically exhausted or has enough dead people wallets, like what would he take?
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows what they're carrying?
1: Well, you, ex- they're not, it's not like they're going to be, uh, and, and then you take, the, you take their money. Is there money any good? Like, why rob a zombie? Like, why? Well, that's a whole different question. There's,
0: I mean, this, this could go on, this could go on forever. This is a can of worms, boy.
1: Yeah. This, so there's, there's a lot to unpack.
0: Well, I think that was a fascinating discussion and opens a lot of interesting questions about the nature of zombies, the nature of rob zombie and the nature of humanity and time travel. And Darlene B., I blame you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, yeah.
0: Interesting. Fascinating stuff. All right. Let's go to our last couple here. Cecilia F has some travel related questions and says, what countries do you really want to visit? What countries have you visited? And a best and worst story about said visit. So do you have any countries you want to visit, Jason?
1: Uh, I do. I want to go, uh, I want to go over to Europe. I've never been to Europe. Mm. I I want to go to the South of France. It's Beautiful. I wouldn't mind, that. I wouldn't mind going to uh, Geneva. I wouldn't mind going to the uh, uh, to the Alps.
0: Yeah, those are all be- wonderful places. I've been to all of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: see, they, that would be nice. Yeah, I've been to Asia. I've been to China, Malaysia, Singapore. Malaysia was fun. Yeah, that's I enjoyed cool. that. I haven't.
0: Uh, I've never been to anywhere in Asia, so that's great.
1: Uh yeah the best story from Malaysia was uh the time I went into the Batu caves mm-hmm. there was a uh, a whole bunch of monkeys living in the caves and uh <laughs> so I'm standing there in these caves with all these monkeys around who are scrambling for food right they're they're kind of uh, asking people for food in monkey ways, like coming up close to them and you know looking for something in their hands and then taking it mm-hmm. So, right? Is that robbery? I don't know. No. no. <laughs> right? Can a monkey commit robbery? It, or is it just threat, theft? Because there's no real threat of violence. He's just taking it. No.
0: And, and it comes back to the dog question. You asked, can a human rob a dog? But can a monkey rob a human? It's kind of the same thing, only in reverse.
1: Yeah, it is. So I turned to beside me, right? And there's all these monkeys and I turn beside me and about three feet away is a rather large version of this monkey, like just a large monkey sitting on a railing who's looking at me and he's staring at me right in the eyes. And I realized right then that, uh, looking, you know, at a monkey right in the eyes is a, uh, a challenge, right? So I had a choice at that point. I could either, uh, continue to look at this monkey in the eyes and him feel challenged. And then we have a fight Mm. Uh, and then either uh, he wins and continues to be the leader of this pack of monkeys. Cause he was rather large and I assume he was the alpha male or I'd win and then become the leader of this tribe of monkeys. And then that opens up a whole, like, do I have to live here now? Do I have to steal people's shit to eat? Yeah. Uh, do the other monkeys steal shit and bring it to me? Does it make like, you a monkey? And then can you rob a human? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I did was I looked at the ground and slowly backed away. It's I a- just let the monkey win. That's a good
0: call because of the two scenarios you described, either him winning or you winning, I'm pretty sure
1: one was more likely. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, I was a lot younger then and I was bigger than this monkey and probably stronger. So I could have been the king of this tribe of Malaysian monkeys. Oh, I'm not so sure. I I chose not to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, sure. I was bigger and stronger and stuff, but he probably, you're right. He probably would have won out of sheer meanness. I mean, he's a monkey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh,
0: well, I have been not all over the world, but I have visited a number of countries in Europe, um, quickly off the top of my head, the UK, France, Germany, Italy, uh, Switzerland, um, Denmark, Czech Republic, and... That might be most of them. Um, I've been all across Canada in every province, in most of the major cities in Canada, and in between, I've been up and down the east coast of the states, the west coast of the states, a little bit in the middle, but not so much, uh, down to Costa Rica, and that covers most of my travel. I have never been to Asia or anywhere on that side of the world, but I would like to at some point. Right now, a couple of places I would love to visit are Iceland. I think that would be a very cool and interesting place to check out. And Japan. Um, I think I'm, you know, Japan looks like a fascinating, interesting place too. So I would love to go over there and uh, the Olympics are coming up in Japan this summer, they Jason, are. right? So I work for a company that tends to do a lot of work related to the Olympics. So I'm crossing my fingers that maybe there's going to be an Olympics trip in my future.
1: That would be cool. I think. Yeah. I work for a company that's based out of Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, we had to do a whole, uh, online security, uh, training course on, uh, things to watch out for, uh, in the lead up to the, uh, summer Olympics. Oh. Just in case people were trying to, like there, there would be, there might be potentially people trying to break into networks in order to, uh, do things around the Olympics. And since we're a Japanese based country, con- uh, company, uh, we have to, there was training around, uh, how to look out for, uh, and try and do your part in to prevent, uh, network, uh, security issues. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. But you've never been to Japan. I've never been to Japan. I speak a little bit of Japanese, well, not a little bit, but I know like four phrases in Japanese. That's a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I don't
0: know what that means.
1: How tall is your dentist? Oh,
0: it's important information (laughs) to have. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Uh, But that, I mean, there you go. So that about covers it. Yeah. I'm hoping to go to Iceland someday. That'd be fun. Final question of the night. Jason Orkut O writes, why is Canada better than the USA? And I think we all know the answer to that. It's pretty obvious to me.
1: It's the Canadian bacon. Uh could be the movie or the food. The food. <laughs> <laughs> the food. For me, it uh you know, I mentioned that uh I work for a, a Japanese company, but when we were uh the company I worked for was purchased by uh you know, this Japanese company, but it was purchased by the American division of this company. Mm-hmm. So uh, what happened was the uh, the meeting of the cultures of these two businesses. Uh, uh, the one thing I found that was uh, difference a uh, difference in business philosophy between the Canadian company I worked for and the U.S. version of this Japanese company. And it was around, uh, you know, Canadian companies I find uh, do their best in order to make the most money and to, uh, uh, to be successful. Mm -hmm. American companies want to crush the competition. Oh, interesting. And that was, uh, it was kind of a wake up call for me. Like I always kind of knew that in one way, but then in internal business discussions, they would talk about it, Hmm. you know, not just being successful, but beating the other guy. Right. Interesting. uh, So- that, that culture difference was jarring, and I think that uh, the Canadian philosophy of business of just doing your best. Well, that's good.
0: I went with bacon. You went with a very interesting, serious answer of a fascinating observation you've made.
1: I'm not sure if it's, it's me that has that philosophy or Canada that instilled that philosophy in me, so I don't know what came first, my opinion or Canada, but uh, it, was, it was kind of jarring.
0: Okay, interesting. Well, there you go. Uh and that is it everybody. Those were a lot of questions. I hope you found that fun. I found it fun. It is fun to answer stuff like that. And uh we didn't really have to worry about any, you know, anything weird uh getting out or, you know, not answering something because it was too <laughs> unusual a question. Yeah.
1: Just don't tell my wife that I I told everybody that she watches The Bachelor as a Guilty pleasure. All
0: right. Nobody let that secret out. It's, it's just between the like five to 8,000 of us. Yeah. And in case you forgot, forget about the fact that I brought it up again. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, that is it for tonight. It's a pretty long one, but that's okay. Uh, I'm not sure when our next podcast is going to be. Actually, it's probably going to be for uh, the next episode of the show, because that is coming up pretty soon at the end of February. So let's go with that. Sure we will be back to it when season 10 of the walking dead resumes with episode 9 i am really looking forward to that i uh, can't wait to see you know how our heroes get out of that cave jason and what happens with the whisperers
1: fucking cave
0: yeah i know uh but it'll be great so we'll be back in a couple of weeks with that and uh, i'm looking forward to it in the meantime though if you want to get in touch with us of course you can do that by visiting our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com Click on send voicemail at the top where you can record a message and send it to us or just use your smartphone, record a message there and email it in. You can send emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks so much, everyone. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
1: Ciao.